0: My name's Joel, and um, I'm just excited to be here. (laughs) And um, let me just say that that was one of the most beautiful baptisms I've ever seen. Um, Wow. Um, Just the family of God and a family believing together. I I don't have words for that. Um, Let me add my welcome to the service and to Door of Hope tonight. Uh, If you're new or you're visiting or you've been away for a while, we're in the middle of a series called Everybody Always. Uh, So far, we've looked at honouring, loving and blessing everybody always. And it's my privilege tonight to bring you the topic, Present Christ to Everybody Always. Can I invite you to follow along in your Bibles? Or if you've got your mobile phones or your iPads or those... Um, there's an app called YouVersion that you can follow along the notes. So it's a really good app. If you don't know how to do that, look for someone who does, and you can follow along the sermon. Present Christ to Everybody Always. For us to better grasp the concept of presenting Christ to everybody always, we need to start by looking at the life of Jesus. I don't think there's ever been a life anywhere in history that has impacted humankind like the life of Jesus. We're sitting here as testament tonight that more than 2,000 years later after his life, we're standing here because of what he did. I'm standing here saved, forgiven, restored. I'm a child of God. I'm a a part of the family of believers because of what Jesus did on the cross. My eternity is 100% certain it's secure, and I have purpose in my life, all because of what Jesus did. You know, Jesus came to earth, he lived a remarkable life. It was a life of love, power, service. It was a life of humility, compassion, selflessness, and sacrifice, like we have never seen before. And he came ultimately so that we could be reconciled to God. God. You know, before Jesus, we were lost in our sin and when we were far away from God. We couldn't actually have a personal relationship with God the Father because our sin separated us from him. But Jesus changed all of that. He took the sin of the world upon himself and he died for us. Now because of that sacrifice, because he defeated sin and death, we can now be saved Forgiven, set free, and we can be reconciled to God. This is what Jesus said about his work and his mission. He said, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. He also said, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. I've heard it said otherwise, that Jesus came for the least, the last, and the lost. We live in a fragile and uncertain world, no doubt. There is so much brokenness, evil, loneliness, despair, sickness, pain, helplessness in the world that we could talk about all night. But I'm not going to. What I'm going to tell you is that the world needs hope. So, our vision as Door of Hope is to be a door of hope through Jesus Christ in a fragile and uncertain world. For us to achieve and live out this vision, it needs for us to honour, it needs for us to love, it needs for us to bless everybody always. But ultimately, it needs for us, uh, but ultimately, it needs Jesus. The world needs Jesus. See, Jesus did all these things. He touched the world. He turned the world upside down, but his work needs to go on. So wait. Kirsten, we've got a problem. Actually. Door of hope, we've got a problem. Because Jesus is no longer here in person. Uh, He ascended into heaven. He sits at the right hand of the throne of God. So how does his work continue? There's an old story that talks about Jesus after he ascended into heaven. Upon his arrival in heaven, the angels throw a party. And um, they surround him, they're high-fiving, yay, Jesus. Uh, They're cheering and they say, Jesus, tell us the story again. Tell us the story. So Jesus tells them about his birth, his life, his preaching, his miracles, his death and resurrection, and how he accomplished the salvation of the world. The angel Gabriel then asked, well, now that you're back in heaven, who will continue your work on earth? Jesus said, while I was on earth, I gathered a group around me who believed in me and they loved me. They will continue to spread the gospel. They will continue my work. Gabriel was a bit concerned. Do you mean Peter? Peter who denied you three times do you mean the rest of them that ran away when you were taken you mean to tell us that it's them who are going to carry on your work what's plan b what if you do this if this plan doesn't come if this plan doesn't work and jesus said i have no other plan it must work it must work You see, the church that you and I are a part of are God's plan A. And we're actually God's only plan. We are the ones who are called to continue the work of Jesus here on earth. There is no other plan. What a responsibility. But what a privilege. And we get to do it in His power because His Holy Spirit lives in us. We don't do this on our own. Jesus told us in the Great Commission, go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Elsewhere we are called his ambassadors. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. I want you to hear that particular passage in the message version that says this God put the world square with himself through the Messiah, giving the world a fresh start by offering forgiveness of sins. God has given us the task of telling everyone what he is doing. We're Christ's representatives. God uses us to persuade men and women to drop their differences and enter into God's work of making things right between them. We're speaking for Christ himself now. Become friends with God. He's already a friend with you. Isn't that cool? So what's an ambassador? An ambassador is a representative. So we're representatives of Jesus our mission, should you choose to accept it, <laughs> therefore is to be an ambassador or a representative of, for Christ. And our message is this. Become friends with God. He's already a friend with you. Become friends with God. He's already a friend with you. Did you know that you're Jesus' representative here on earth? I'm talking to you. <laughs> um, let's break it down a little bit further. You are... Christ's representative in school uni or your workplace you are his representatives in your sporting team music group, craft group, community group whatever kind of group you want you are his representative in that place you are his representatives in your home and you are his representatives here in church so represent him Represent. Represent, or present him to everybody, always. That sounds good and well, doesn't it? It sounds quite simple, but it isn't, we all know that it isn't easy. So what does it mean for you to present Christ to everybody always? What I want to tell you tonight is that it takes some intentionality to present Christ to everybody always. We need to do it intentionally, intentionally. Paul tells us in Romans, rather clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. Clothe yourself. Now, clothing ourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ is an action statement. It's actually something that we have to do. It isn't something that happens to us. Clothe yourselves with Christ Jesus. I don't know about you, but I don't always walk out the door every morning showing Jesus to the world. I'm not always at, you might find this hard to believe, I'm not always at my best, loving, honouring, serving, blessing, humble self. A lot of the time, it takes me a conscious effort and a lot of Holy Spirit help to present Christ to anybody, never alone to everybody, always. Maybe we need one of those signs above our doors as we walk out uh, with this on it. And I don't mean, did you turn the stove off or did you turn off your computer? I mean, are you clothed with Christ? Or are you naked? (laughs) Are you clothed with Christ? We need to be reminded, we need to be intentional. I also want to tell you that to present Christ to everybody always means to everybody always. It It doesn't mean to some of the people and it doesn't mean to some of the time. It's everybody always. Everybody includes our family. Everybody includes those who are in the family of believers. And everybody includes those who don't know Jesus. It means the least, the last and the lost. Now why does it include our family? I want you to hear this because these are the most important people in our lives. Uh, we need to present Christ to them because these are the people that have the deepest that we have the deepest impact on they need to see Christ in us because generally these relationships and their impact last a lifetime so what happens in these relationships doesn't just impact us for a little while it lasts for a life and we need to present Christ to our family because we don't always give best our best to our family, are those that we live with. Sometimes they're the ones that suffer the most. Who knows that our unsaved family members need us to present Christ to them? Because they might, we might be the only contact that they ever have with Christ in their lives. So pre- present Christ to your family. Why does present Christ to our family mean also, to the family of believers. Galatians says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Especially to those to the family of believers. One of the best ways that we can show that we are Jesus' disciples is by how we treat one another. Jesus says, By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples by your love for one another. So when we connect, when we show Christ to one another, we actually show that we're Christians. We people can see Christ in us. Because sometimes even believers can feel left out. We need to show Christ. Sometimes even believers can be lonely or hurting or grieving. They can be sick, they can be hungry, they can be poor too. And they also need the tangible love of Jesus in their lives. So present Christ to believers. Presenting Christ to everybody always means being radically inclusive. This is a phrase we throw around here. Uh, Whether it's in the church or outside the church, we need to be radically inclusive. Now, I could have just said inclusive the life that Jesus lived was a whole lot more than just inclusive. He lived that radically inclusive life. Look at the people that he hung out with. He didn't hang out with the religious people, he hung out with the unloved, the marginalised, the unpopular people, and they included tax collectors, prostitutes, adulterers and lepers. He welcomed the children when they weren't considered important. He had a significant interaction with a Samaritan woman, which was considered outrageous for a Jewish man. And he met their needs. He was even accused of being a friend of sinners, which was a badge he wore with pride. Imagine if Jesus is here now, he would continue this pattern, that I think he would actually hang out with the Unchurched, the lonely, those who are being left out, those who are struggling or sick or sad, he will continue that pattern. But Jesus is no longer here in person. So it's up to us to represent him to everybody always in the church and outside the church. How does this translate in our situation? What happens in church on Sunday, before and after the service? Who do we seek out? What happens at school or at work? Who do we befriend? What happens at home? How do we talk to our parents, our siblings, our children? How do we treat them? What do we do for them? What happens in the wider community? How can we present Christ to everybody always? And I'm going to share a couple of ways. Um, Early on in my Christian walk, I tried all the uh, popular methods to uh, present Christ to everybody always. And um, we might have some pictures here in a moment. This is the first one. There was the fish sticker that I displayed on my car. Um, I'm sure lots of people got saved because of that. Um, I also remember an occasion uh, driving around the streets of my neighbourhood with my windows open, my uh, stereo blaring the song uh, by Michael W. Smith called You Really Need a Saviour, uh, really loudly around the streets. And um, lots of people became Christians that day, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was also the uh, cross that I wore around my neck for years, uh, and I would show it off as often as I could. Uh, there was also the giant-sized study Bible that I carried, uh, some of you may have had one that had the leather cover that had the tabs It had... Um, I had pins in there and highlighters, uh, the whole um, Jesus experience in a Bible. Uh, and I'm sure people were impressed by my spirituality in those days. Um, I, I think one of the funniest personal evangelism stories I ever had was um, 1986, before a lot of you were born... Um, I was a second year apprentice uh, electrical apprentice for the State Rail Authority in New South Wales, in case you didn't know. Uh, One of my friends from school had been charged with drink driving and driving without a license. And after a court appearance, he was banned from driving for two years and got community service. It was during this time that I offered to pick him up for, for TAFE College every week and take him home. And for a while I even picked him up every Saturday morning to drive into community service and then pick him up after he'd finished. Now this was a guy who had grown up in the church, he'd rejected God, he'd rejected church and now he was regularly drinking and taking drugs and living with his girlfriend. So my evangelism strategy was this, I'm going to share it this with you, you might like to take notes um, and um, apply this. My evangelism strategy was to play Christian music in my car every time. Every single time he was in the car. And the funny thing is, I played this one song every time. Every single time. You're going to hear it right now. It's this. this song every time he hopped in the car. Uh, I would even go as far as cueing the song before I arrived at his house on my tape player, cassette tape player, which was a little bit more trickier in those days, uh, so that it would miraculously start up soon after he hopped in the car, so that song. Uh, and I think it's actually the song that I've listened to most in my whole life uh, because of that. I, I can't recall how long I actually did this for as it was at least months, and it was probably a year. Um, and I played it every single time. Um, you know what? He never once commented <laughs> um, or questioned why I kept playing that same song every time he the car. Not once. Uh, I suspect he knew what I was doing. Um, and what was particularly funny about this story is that months and months into this particular practice, we we're sitting around at lunch with a bunch of guys at tech, uh, TAFE College, Uh, And I heard him singing the song to himself, (laughs) and he he wasn't even aware. Um, Now I'd love to be able to say that uh, one day he dropped to his knees and decided to follow Jesus. Well, I can, Um, but I don't think it had anything to do with me playing that song. Um, It was, and it certainly wasn't me that did the saving. I just invited him to a rock concert, a Christian rock concert one night uh, by another Christian rock band that I played often while he was in the car. It was a band called White Hart. So we went to this concert and that night he decided to follow Jesus and turn, his life, turn, his life from, turn from his life to sin. Now I suspect that it had a whole lot more to do with the friendship that we'd built or the kindness that I showed Maybe it was the hundreds of times that I picked him up to take him to places that made a difference. Maybe it was the games of squash that we often played. Maybe it was the food that Mum gave me to take to him most weeks. Maybe it was the day I sat with him all day in court, the day he lost his license and I prayed the whole time. Maybe it was all the prayers that I prayed for him over the years. Now, I don't share this story uh, to big note myself. Uh, There's nothing special about what I did. Uh, There's a whole lot more to his salvation story and probably lots of Christians that had a part to play in that story. And all glory goes to God. I share this story because we need to get intentional about presenting Christ to everybody always. My intention for this relationship was to be his friend but it was also to show him the love of Christ because he needed God in his life, as we all do. And I believe that God expected me to present Christ him, always. And he expects the same of you. Let me remind you who you are. You are an ambassador of Christ and our message to the world is this, become friends with God because he's already a friend with you. What I want you to hear tonight is that sometimes there needs to be salvation intentionality in our relationships with unbelievers. Sometimes there needs to be. Presenting Christ to everybody always means everybody always. It's very easy to live in this world and rub shoulders every day with those who don't know Jesus and for there not to be any salvation intentionally. We can do it quite easily. Who are you helping to know Jesus. You know, I love the story of the calling of Matthew, or Levi, as he's otherwise known. Uh, This particular passage comes from Luke, and it says this, After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi, sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up and left everything and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with him. but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to the disciples, "Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners?" Jesus answered them, it "Is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick? I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance." I love that Matthew had the courage to mix these two worlds, uh, to invite his tax-collecting friends along to meet Jesus. All he did was arrange an event and invite his old, unbelieving friends and his new friends, including Jesus. You see, he created an opportunity for these people to meet Jesus and to rub shoulders with others who also knew Jesus. You know, I imagine it would have been very easy for Matthew to keep these worlds separate. It's too uncomfortable to mix these two worlds, um, as it is for anyone. But he brought them together because he had met the Saviour and he knew his friends also needed to meet him as well. And some people call these Matthew parties. Could we not do more of the same? Couldn't we create opportunities? For our unbelieving friends and our believing friends to get together at the same events, like a barbecue, or going to the movies, or parties, or sporting events, or shopping trips, or dinner parties, whatever you want to do, couldn't we create similar opportunities to bring these two worlds together? There needs to be salvation intentionality in our relationships. After all, we're ambassadors. I'm a representative of Christ and our message for the world is this, become friends with God because he's already a friend with you. You know what, there also needs to be some regular proximity with those who don't know Jesus. For those who need the message, there needs to be regular proximity. Do you know that it's easy to live in a Christian bubble uh, where our whole world can revolve around Christian stuff, around Christians and Christian activities? We can go to church, we can go to youth, we can go to connect groups, we can hang out with Christian friends and family, and that can become our whole world. Um, it can be really safe in that space, it can be really comfortable, but that isn't what God intended for us. He doesn't want us to stay in that space, He wants us to look out beyond that space. What did Jesus say at that party again? Jesus answered them It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have, come to call the, have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. If you find yourself in that Christian bubble too much, find a place where you can have regular interaction with others who don't know Jesus. For me, it's the gym. I know you can tell that I go to the gym. Um, I, have a, an un, um, a, I have an unchurched friend. Um, that Every week, oh, I do a gym class with him he doesn't know Jesus, Uh, here's an opportunity. Um, You could join a sporting team um, and play with non-churched people. Um, I love doing park run. Saturday mornings, it's a free activity. Uh, I'm not good at running, but I'm good at relationships. Uh, Here's an opportunity to meet other people and it's a wonderful community and over time you just build relationship Um, and some great friendships. You know, work or school are our best opportunities uh, to build relationships with those who don't know Jesus. Because we spend so much time at school or at work, I'm very aware that my workplace is a mission field. I meet people every day who may never walk into a church, even though they are, because I work in this place. Um, They may never have heard of Jesus or God. Uh, They may be struggling in their lives and... I get to touch their lives. I get to present Christ. And you have the same opportunity in your workplace or in your school. Um, I may be their only experience of Christ in their life. You may be your connection's only experience of Christ in their life. So how much more do we need to present Christ to everybody always? You know, one of the uh, most powerful ways that we can touch a life is to help them out. So who are your non-Christian contacts? Is there a way that you can serve them? Jesus actually lived a life of service. He gave us an example of being a servant. So if you want to make a difference in the world, serve them. Like helping them move or building something or whatever that is, get involved. I want to tell you tonight that there's, powerful, there's power in an ongoing relationship. Um, I think Levi, or Matthew's invitation to his tax collector's friends, had power because he had a relationship. It's so much easier to speak into someone's life, to invite them to something if you've already built that relationship. And um, we saw that Levi had a whole crowd of tax collectors around him. I once heard someone talk about building these kinds of relationships in the community by going to the same store over and over again, or the same cafe, cafe over and over again. Uh, and getting to know the people that serve you. And this stuck with me. So since then, I've made a point in my life to keep going back to the same shops. Um, And for years, I went to the same hairdresser um, where my hair was long enough to get it cut. Um, I went to the same cafe. I went to the same mechanic. I went to the same doctor. And over time, you build relationship with these people. You get to know them, and you get to uh, build an opportunity to speak into their lives. They start to tell you their story, you start to tell your story and um, you get an opportunity maybe to invite them to things or maybe even pray with them. Did you know that there's power in prayer? Uh, One of the things that we might be able to present, one of the ways that we might be able to present Christ to people, everybody and always is to pray with them or pray for them. You know, it's quite common for people to tell us their problems. Uh, For some people, we hear them every day. Uh, People share their struggles. It's it's really common. You know what? This presents us with an opportunity. Uh, Here's a really good opportunity to uh, briefly tell them about how God has helped you in the past um, through prayer and um, to ask them, would they mind if you prayed with them? Um, And then just pray simply. And the conversation might go like this. You know, what's helped me in the past when I've had struggles is to pray. And God's helped me in so many different ways. So would you mind if I prayed with you now? Uh, I'd like to pray with you about this particular situation. Um, And I think you might be surprised how many people might actually accept that offer. Especially if you've built the relationship. We're about to do a course uh, in this church for youth and young adults. It's called My Friends Training. And it's about sharing Christ with our friends. Uh, and part of the training even talks about praying with unbelieving people, with our unbelieving friends. So I want you to look out, if you're youth or young adult, look out for that training. It's called My Friends Training. You'll see it on Facebook very very soon. You know what? I'm also big on praying for these people at Um, in your time as well pray for their needs pray for their salvation pray for opportunities to share your faith with them Uh, there's so much power in prayer and lastly I want you to take courage and invite them to something Uh, one of our uh, goals is to grow in invitation Um, one of the ways that we can actually present Christ to everybody always is to invite them You may not be able to preach a sermon. You may not be able to share our gospel message. You may not even be able to sing in front of a big crowd. But we can all invite someone to something. Take inspiration from from the story of Levi and Matthew, or Matthew. He probably didn't preach to his friends, all he did was he just invited his friends to a place where they, they could meet Jesus. My encouragement to you tonight is to invite your unchurched friends and family into a space where they might meet Jesus too. Um, create opportunities if you have to for these two worlds to mix together. Um, that they might hear the message, become friends with God because he's already a friend with you. Now, there are so many opportunities here at Door of Hope um, that you can invite people to. Um, there's youth nights, there's movie nights there's camp, there's concerts here there's Alpha, there's Flourish, there's GLS, um, there's business breakfast, there's uh, Christmas services um, lots of social activities that you can invite people to or even a church service so invite Um, don't keep what you've got to yourself that's not the way it was meant to be we need to present Christ to everybody always, so invite them our mission is to be an ambassador or a representative for Christ. And our message is this: become friends with God. He's already a friend with you. So represent Him, present Christ to everybody always. Let's pray. Father God, we're just so grateful for what you've done in our life, that you've uh, given us hope, that you've given us love, uh, that you've given us this responsibility and privilege to be ambassadors for you. We get to represent the King of Kings and your kingdom. Uh, Lord, we want to be able to take this message uh, to become friends with God into the world. So I pray that you'll give us courage, that you'll help us to step up, clothe ourselves with Christ. And to uh, represent you well in the world. Lord, I just thank you for this message and this opportunity. I pray that you'll uh, give us strength, that you'll give us uh, everything that we need, and that you'll give us opportunity. In the name of Jesus, amen.